This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Governor Ivey is joining 21 other governors in signing a letter sent to President Joe Biden. That letter is strongly opposed to the student loan forgiveness plan that Biden recently proposed. The governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, initiated this whole effort. Reynolds writes that the plan from Biden will only encourage more student loan borrowing, incentivize higher tuition rates, and drive up inflation even further than it already is. The letter points out that the top 20% of earning households in the U.S. hold $3 worth of student debt for every $1 of debt that's held by those on the bottom level of household earnings. And as such, if Biden continues with this plan, it would only reward the rich and hurt the poor. The governors also take issue with Biden's process, saying he does not hold unilateral power to usher in a sweeping loan cancellation plan Only congressional action can forgive a student loan debt. The governor suggests that Biden immediately withdraw his plan. The state of Alabama has an upcoming execution planned for a death row inmate. This time around, a new method outside of lethal injection may be implemented. Death by nitrogen hypoxia is what Alan Eugene Miller requested as his form of execution. Miller is set to die on September 22nd and is currently in a legal battle to fight the state for not respecting his request in going forward with that method of execution as opposed to lethal injection. A lawyer for the state of Alabama made statements in court this past Monday that was reported on by AL.com. That lawyer says that Alabama now has a protocol for this type of nitrogen execution, although it's not officially finalized. The official announcement would need to come from the Department of Corrections Commissioner John Hamm. The attorney for Miller, Mara Kelbaner, says she does not want her client to be the test case for an unfinalized protocol, so we'll have to wait and see how this case develops. Also starting this week is the trial against Mason Sisk. He's a teenager accused of killing his entire family back in 2019. Jury selection has begun in Limestone County, where Sisk's trial will take place. He faces murder charges for shooting his father, stepmother, and three other children that were in that home. Sisk was only 14 years old at the time. He's now 17 and being tried as an adult. And another Lauderdale County inmate, Casey White, is seeking to be transferred from the Donaldson Correctional Facility in Bessemer to the Coleman County Jail. The transfer is for White as he begins to face a capital murder trial in that county. The defense attorneys for White say that Coleman County Sheriff Matt Gentry is ready and willing to house the inmate. White is facing murder charges for the 2015 stabbing death of Connie Ridgway. Once that trial is completed, White will then face another trial in regards to his escape from the Lauderdale County Jail in May of this year with the help of corrections officer Vicki White. The two are not related. Vicki White died following a police chase in Indiana after the two spent 10 days on the run and inmate White is facing charges in her death. U.S. News and World Report has issued rankings on colleges and universities for the year 2022. Auburn University ranked the highest among the institutions that are here in the state. The 38th annual Best College Rankings has considered 1,500 institutions and their majors, campus life, tuition cost, academics, faculty, and retention rates, among other criteria. Auburn came in number one for the state and 97th among national universities. 
Sanford University was ranked nationally at 127th, with both UAB and the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa coming in at 137th. Chick-fil-A has a new milkshake-flavored offer this fall, y'all. The restaurant franchise is presenting Autumn Spice. That's a milkshake with cinnamon and brown sugar cookie crumbles mixed in. The milkshake was tested last year in Salt Lake City, Utah, and was an overwhelming hit. This new menu item is already available. It started this past Monday and will run until November 12th. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Supreme Court is considering yet another religious freedom case coming from the state of Colorado. This latest one involves a woman who runs a graphic design company and has refused to do any work that promotes same-sex marriage. Lori Smith of 303 Creative Company was told by the 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that the state of Colorado has the right to order her to say what they want her to say about same-sex marriage. So Smith and the Alliance Defending Freedom is now appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court and arguing that the government cannot force anyone to say something they don't believe. Smith, as a graphic designer, has chosen projects to design based on the message that is consistent with her beliefs, not necessarily the person requesting it. If you remember, a similar case was given a victory by the U.S. Supreme Court to Masterpiece Cake Shop owner Jack Phillips. Phillips refused to make a cake that was promoting same-sex marriage. He won his case due to the state of Colorado exhibiting hostility and trying to get him to make the cake. We'll see if the high court makes a ruling similar in the Smith case as well. And when it comes to same-sex marriage, a Republican senator is becoming very outspoken in his opposition to the bill that's now being considered in the U.S. Senate. It would legalize same-sex marriage at a federal level. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer spoke with Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council. I think, first of all, what I'm hearing from North Dakotans, which matters the most to me, is overwhelmingly they they oppose this legislation. So people are reading it, they're hearing about it, and they see it for what it is. Um, what I hear from my colleagues, there's certainly a, a few, and you know, we know generally who they are by my colleagues. I mean, Republican colleagues is, who just want to get this thing behind us, and the and the fastest faster we can do that, the better. And the best way to do that is to simply give them the votes they need to pass the bill. That would be a terrible mistake. I don't believe there are ten Republicans that will fall for that. Um, because what we're hearing from people, and you touched on it, in, in addition to or maybe even separate from the definition of marriage itself and how it's codified, is the potential attack on religious liberties once a bill like this would pass. Because in many respects, passing a bill like this really sends a pretty strong message that that religious beliefs don't matter. And, and th- this would have such overwhelming ramifications for for obviously churches, but also those faith-based organizations that that create schools and build hospitals and orphanages and feed hungry people and all of the things that faith and the compassion that comes from faith do on behalf of of our society. And they do it in a way that's compassionate, unlike the federal government. And I think, Tony, this is as much about religious liberty as it is about marriage and recognizing another state's definition of marriage. A Texas woman is now under arrest for threatening a federal judge who's connected to the case involving the FBI and Donald Trump. As you well know, the FBI took documents from Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. The mainstream media has suggested that there were nuclear secrets and codes involved in those documents that were seized by the FBI. This may have influenced Houston resident Tiffany Gish because she left three threatening voicemail messages to Judge Eileen Cannon in Florida saying that Trump is marked for assassination and so is the judge. 
Texas Judge Peter Bray determined that Gish is exhibiting symptoms of paranoia and delusions, especially since she presented herself in those voicemail messages as Evelyn Salt, a Russian agent from a movie where Angelina Jolie was the main character. A Democrat senatorial candidate running for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania has changed his name. John Fetterman is running against Trump-endorsed Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz. At a rally this past weekend, Fetterman announced himself a little differently to the audience while he held up a hot pink t-shirt. My name is John Fetterwoman! Fetterman is promising to eliminate the U.S. Senate filibuster rule that allows the minority party to not be railroaded completely by the majority party, and he's also promised to codify abortion through federal legislation that would undo any bans on abortion in pro-life states. And the summer months are winding down, and as we head into the fall and winter months, sickness is likely to recur among Americans, especially with school back in session. So here's an important reality to understand coming from cardiologist and epidemiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. He addressed a group of people recently that are taking action against hospitals and hospital administrators who refuse to treat COVID-19 patients beyond the preordained hospital protocol. This is an important thing to realize for family members that you know and love who could land back in the hospital in the months ahead. So take a listen. I'm a doctor. I take care of patients. I've been in hospitals for decades. We never are limited by protocols. Never. Never. I go in the hospital, I write any order I want to. If there's a protocol and it has some base suggestions, I can look at it. But yeah, I am never circumscribed by a protocol. Never. For the first time in medical history, doctors claimed they could do nothing else but use a protocol. It was inexplicably in their minds to stick to a protocol for the first time ever. Ever, ever, ever. And the protocols had drugs like remdesivir, which didn't work against COVID, by barcetinibib, which was modestly effective. They never had ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. They had very low-dose, ineffective dexamethasone and not full-dose cyamedrol, not full-dose aspirin, not full-dose anticoagulants. So the protocols provided a base of care that was inadequate in any doctor who's seen and examining patients had a duty to treat that patient to the fullest ability, and it wasn't done in a single case here. That's actually what's on trial, is failure to treat, okay? What the families were and the patients were denied is they were denied medication reconciliation, meaning anything done as an outpatient can be used as an inpatient, period, period. And the other thing they were denied is called shared decision-making. When your loved one is in the hospital and you're in the hospital, you have a right to share in the decision. And if you sit in the hospital and you say, I want ivermectin, that is your right. If you say, I want ivermectin. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Don't forget to listen to Phil Williams on Right Side Radio, where he talks about guns and money. Well, in February of this year, apparently, George Gascon, the district attorney of Los Angeles County, you know the one they just tried to recall? That guy. The one who lets criminals out of jail? That guy. The one who's responsible for more murderers than, mur- murders than Charles Manson? That guy. Anyway, he asked Visa, MasterCard, and American Express to stop processing online purchases of ghost guns. Okay, whatever. MasterCard officials said in a call with the district attorneys from different areas like Bronx and the Bronx and and Santa Barbara and all that, they said they weren't going to shut this thing off unless there was clear evidence of illegal activity. Ah, hello. 
In fact, one of the DAs said, I was hoping they want to be leaders in this and take the lead, even though it's not illegal. So what they want them to do is say, hey, you who signed up for the card, you, uh, the person who we have a contract with, in a sense, you who have a right to buy things that are legal to purchase, yeah, we don't like it, so we're not going to let you do it. That's, that's a breach of contract. What? Anyway, fast forward, September 2nd, last week, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express are now urged to track gun sales overall to fight crime. Visa, MasterCard, and American Express has, should begin tracking guns, this is Wall Street Journal, and flagging suspicious purchases to law enforcement similar to how financial institutions look out for money laundering. MasterCard's reviewing how the proposal could be implemented and managed. Okay, we went from ain't going to do it on ghost guns to now we're going to do it on all guns, maybe. They're already required to flag suspicious behavior, it says. The two officials are are there's officials that are pushing for a technical change in what's called a standardized four-digit code that credit card users, credit card companies use to identify merchants. It's called a merchant category code. Right now, apparently, the sales of firearms fall into sporting goods. They want to make a separate category just for gun stores so they can facilitate the quote-unquote flagging of suspicious patterns of transactions. What does that sound like? That sounds like gun lists. What are they going to do with these gun lists? They're going to turn them over to the authorities. Guess what happened? A week after that, September 10th, story on Bloomberg. Credit card companies Visa, MasterCard, and American Express will take steps to implement a new merchant code that could improve the tracking of firearm purchases. Anything you see that says tracking of firearm purchases should cause a red flag to fly in your Second Amendment mind. The moves by the U.S. credit card companies come a day after the International Organization for Standardization approved a new merchant category code for gun and ammunition stores to use when processing transactions. The approval follows a campaign by the Amalgamated Bank, a New York City and New York City and state officials, and the California Teachers Pension Funds. So, Amalgamated, by the way, is extremely liberal. And now the IS, the IOS, the International Organization for Standardization is approving a new merchant category code, and these credit card companies are going to begin checking to see whether that four-digit code shows up as a gun purchase. And then, how many gun purchases? And then, did you go to more than one store? Oh, no. What'd you do with it? Well, I just got news. This is called gun tracking. This is the lists that we were talking about with our caller a little while ago. This is wrong. This is how they backdoor your Second Amendment. You can find more of that podcast on rightsideradio.org. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.